Good morning and welcome to the podcast of Faith Mountain Ministries. We're coming on the end of 2023. The beginning of 2024 is right around the corner. And with that, you're going to see an avalanche of prophetic words. But this year, I've got a good word for you. And this word comes not from me, but from a dear friend of mine named Brian Orm. If you don't follow Brian, you should. He's he's just one of the best of the best out there and a dear brother. And this is what Brian wrote. Here's my prophetic word for 2024. You will find God everywhere you look because he is everywhere and always moving. The more aware you become of your union with Christ, the less anxious you will feel and the more productive you will become. His kingdom will continue to advance as it does every moment in every sphere of society. If you focus on what is dark, your perspective will be darkened. If you focus on his light, your perspective will be enlightened. If you do the same things that are not producing positive outcomes, your life will continue to be the same. The church will continue to grow because Jesus is building his church. What you fill your mind with will shape the reality that you live in. Playing a victim still won't work in 2024. Think higher. Live bigger. Wisdom will be available to those who take responsibility and elusive to those who expect others to take responsibility for their lack of commitment to a better version of themselves and the world around them. It will get brighter and brighter because heaven is invading earth in every season. There will be opportunities to multiply resource to bless the nations, advance the kingdom, and establish legacy if you pay attention to what is trending in heaven versus what is trending in the world. And Jesus will remain king. Solutions will manifest from heaven, revelation will increase, and many more will come into the kingdom. And to that, I say, amen. That's a great prophetic word for every moment of every day in every year. You say, Bill, how do you know that that's true? Well, if you listen to the podcast in the last months, you know, I quote Ephesians 2 a lot, uh, which tells us that in the ages to come, the intention of the Lord, his desire is to show us the surpassing riches of his grace. That really is what we want to align our heart with, and that is that the goodness of God is going to show up in amazing and unexpected ways when when you don't even think it's possible. He's going to surprise you with love, joy, peace, and his goodness. The fruits of the Spirit are available to show up in your life at any moment of any day if you're willing to open your heart to it. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about receiving from God and especially going into 2024. I want to position us all to receive from God, to learn how to not just be good givers, but good receivers when it comes to receiving from God. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get started in just a moment. I'll be right back. This is Tracy Vanderbush, and I just wanted to let you know how important it is to me and to Bill to fill you with encouragement in the Word of God. And so that's why we like to provide tools for the journey that are going to lift you up and compel you to turn your attention upward. 
So we work to create content as we continue, continue traveling across the globe to bring the hope of Jesus Christ. You know, and that's through podcasts, it's through books, it's through speaking, any avenue. There's multiple resources. They can all be found at BillVanderbush.com. But there is one that I wanted to tell you about specifically, and I don't have it listed on the website just yet. It's brand new. It's called the Ascension Journal. It's a personal 30-day journal that will assist you in ascending above the noise and the chaos of life. This journal will give you a moment each day to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit so you can process your thoughts, shift your perspective, redirect your gaze, calm your soul, recharge your spirit, transform your mind, and realign your body, spirit, soul, and mind with Christ. So the Ascension Journal is just a simple way to open the door to hearing and experiencing God in a fresh way. Each day in the book, it will provide you with a prompt and points of prayer and reflection, and you get to fill in the rest. So really the reason I created this is because we live in a world that vies for and demands our attention constantly. Our attention is being, you know, we're being distracted by all the things around us, whether it's social media, the tasks at hand, the bills we have to pay, so many things. But hear the call. I want you to hear the call to come up higher, to shift your gaze, to come up here. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And so in this journal that I created, you get to write the words of life that fuel the walk that you were born for. Discover the sweetness and the comfort of the one who created you with good in mind. You know, we have to make that conscious effort to place our focus on God and be renewed and refreshed for the road ahead. So please check out the Ascension Journal. This 30-day journey is available on Amazon.com or you can find it at barnesandnoble.com. Thank you so much. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and that life is the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He's speaking here of John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify about that light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which was coming into the world, which enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came unto his own and those were who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. 
John testified about him and cried out, saying, This is he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came or were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. And so let's go back here. There's so much in here. Uh, But there's one line that I want to draw your attention to today. And I want to camp on this line and speak about it from a number of different angles. It's in verse 12. It says, as many as received him, to those he gave the right or the power to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. If there's any verse in the scripture that speaks to our salvation in terms of what we do, it would be this one right here. I would see this is even more important than Romans 10, 9, and 10. Romans 10, 9, and 10 is where the Apostle Paul says, and this is long after the cross, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's often pointed to in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that that is the the formula of what we do to receive Jesus. But the question I always ask is how to get saved before Romans 10, 9, and 10 was even written. To confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, to believe in your heart God raised him from the dead is not a formula. It's the automatic byproduct of receiving him, which is John chapter 1, verse 12. We often point to in terms of introducing people to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The giving of the Son comes first. The response of belief comes from the revelation of what was given. When we see how God initiated humanity with grace, initiated a relationship with us, by grace, by stepping into skin, into a body just like yours, and living life just as we do, only to end the sacrificial system of the law by making himself or giving himself as the perfect sacrifice to bring us all into a a place of, as John 1 says, enlightenment, in other words, it's available for every single person. It doesn't mean that every person's walking in it, but it's available for every single person. That revelation of what was given, when we see that, something may awaken in our heart that says, yes, I believe I don't fully understand. It doesn't make much sense. It's a mystery, but oh, I can see the love in it and how deeply God loves us to to sacrifice himself for his own 
creation. And that's all wrapped up here in John chapter 1. I want to take a look at verse 9, uh, verse 8 and 9 speaks of John the Baptist. John was not the light, it says, but he came to testify about the light. In other words, he came to point us to something greater than himself. And this is what we do in the gospel. Is we don't talk about and point to ourselves, our accomplishments, what we've done, who we are. We point to who he is. We point to, to him to see his face. That's the gospel is, is look in the, in the darkness of your um, false identity, of your false self, of stumbling through life, trying to just make it and get through. No, step out of the shadows uh, of, of trying to make your own way and look at Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And this is how our identity is realized. The truth of who we are uh, doesn't emerge until we gaze upon the light of the world and discover that he's not distant, but wants to take up residence and make his home within us. And in that, he makes us the light of the world. He says of himself, I'm the light of the world. Then he turns to you and I and says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And so what does he call us? He calls us a city, a body one, a collective union of many parts that make up a single entity that is the body of Christ of whom he is the head. The headship of the body is always going to be Jesus Christ, not not uh, some random person, not your pastor, not any prophet. The headship of the body of Christ is eternally going to be Jesus Christ. And he brings us together in this beautiful synergy of unity where, where we supply one another with life, words of spirit and life. And, and here's the deal. Who's not included in this? It says in verse 9, there's a true light, that's Jesus, coming into the world who enlightens every man. In other words, his desire is that not a single person would walk in blindness. Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and knowledge of the truth. And by the way, repentance is simply the word metanoia. It's to change your mind. And if you're walking in the blindness and the futility of your own way, of your own thinking, of your own logic, and then to turn from that and to grasp the logic of God and say, God, I need, I need your presence in my life. I need your power flowing through me, for without you I am nothing, but I'm not without you. And so I don't want to be without your presence. I don't want to be without your, your power. Discover in that place that, that he enlightens us. This isn't a Buddhist New Age term. This is a biblical spiritual reality that once walking in darkness, now we have seen a great light, and that is Jesus. So let me just simplify it by saying this. There is no such thing as enlightenment apart from Jesus. Jesus Christ comes to represent God in the flesh, saying, I and the Father are one. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. That in Christ, the fullness of God had dwelt becomes a reality for us to understand that God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, was God stepping into, in the fullness of time, stepping in to be clothed in flesh 
to become, in a sense, look, here's the image and likeness of man I'm going to clothe myself in, so that you, humanity, might know who you are in me. I'm going to show you who I am in you. And God steps into humanity's story, steps into the story of his own creation to become one of us. Eternally, forevermore, Jesus Christ is in a body. And that's important to understand. There's a man in heaven. There's a human being in heaven, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to eternally testify to the nature of the reality that you and I clothed here in this mortal flesh are not immortal beings because of this body. We're not limited by this body. We don't have to be be hindered by this body. We can find ourselves fully in the presence of God just as Jesus Christ in a body is fully in the presence of Father and Spirit. So vicariously on behalf of all of us, he steps into the reality of being part of this union this unity, and that's what he prayed for us in John 17. He prayed that we would be one and that our oneness, our unity as humanity would look just like the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You say, well, I can't some, I can't attain to that level of closeness with God because I'm stuck in this body and God is spirit. And, and the reality is Jesus, God who is spirit, enfleshed in that body is eternally in a body in heaven. How do we know this? Because John saw him in Revelation and he still had a body, but he's not limited by it. He's not irritated by it. It's got a ton of upgrades and he is still a man, a human being, yet God who is spirit clothed in that body. So if the same spirit that raises Christ from the dead dwells in you and can now, then who are you? Now, the nature and the attributes of God are what flow through us in this world. And that is this. We don't look for the power of God apart from the presence of God. There are many people that are seeking power but aren't seeking Jesus. There are many people that are pursuing and going after the power of Jesus, not the presence of Jesus. And listen, Simon the sorcerer comes to the, the, the disciples one day and he goes, hey, give me that power. Give me, and he wants to buy it. And listen, you can't buy it in a school. You can't buy it in a book. You can't buy the power of God. You and I are pursuing one thing and one thing only, and that is Jesus. And in the pursuit, you will find that he has pursued you more than you and I could ever pursue him. And your pursuit of him only awakens you to the awareness of the closeness that God has already provided for us. So here's the verse that we have today. To as many as received him. That's the deal. He came to his own, says, and his own received him not. What does it mean he came to his own? Well, on one hand, it means he came to the, the Jews, the chosen people, the initial people that he started this thing, whole, this whole thing with. But the Jews weren't the end of the story. He didn't leave the rest of humanity out. In Exodus 19, when he reveals to Israel, he reveals to the Jewish nation, he says to you guys, he says, you see what I did to the Egyptians? I took you out of Egypt, bore you up on eagles' wings to bring you as a kingdom of priests unto myself, for all the earth is mine." In other words, I'm starting a revelation of kingship and priesthood, a revelation of sonship. That's the inheritance of sonship. I'm starting a revelation of this, this 
kingdom of priests that's going to begin with you, but it's meant to actually spread through the entire earth. Everything belongs to me. We're just going to start with you. And God randomly chose one people group. Why? Because years earlier, 400 years earlier, he had a friend named Abraham. And Abraham becomes a friend of God. What was God doing? He was looking for somebody who wanted to hang out. And Abraham became a friend of God. When things didn't make sense, he believed God. And the Bible says that belief in God accounted for righteousness. God was looking for somebody who wanted to talk and wanted to listen and wanted to converse. And and not only that, but when he spoke, he was looking for somebody who would believe in what he said. And Abraham was just, I would say, spiritually in tuned enough, not just to hear the voice of God, to believe it though. See, it's one thing to say, I want to hear the voice of God, but I have a feeling if our hearts aren't tuned to trust, we may not believe him when he speaks. He says things that go beyond our understanding. Abraham got a word that went beyond his understanding. He believed in God and accounted for righteousness. And because of that, in Exodus 19, God fulfills his promise to his friend who just wanted to hang out with him by coming and saying, to the offspring of Abraham, who now number in the millions, saying, I want you to be my people. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to show you how to walk in sonship, a kingdom of priests. Initially, they say yes, but then they turn the entire system into a law-based system of rules where they want to hear the voice of God. And now Jesus shows up to expand, to blow up beyond the realm of just Israel into the entire entirety of the earth, the same revelation that he gave to Abraham. I want you to hear my voice. And I want to encourage you to believe what I say because I'm looking for people who want to hang out. I'm looking for people who want to be my friend. And that's Jesus when he rises from the dead. He doesn't exact revenge on his enemies. He goes to actually spend time with the people who want to spend time with him. So when it says he came to his own, it's not just the Jews. Speaking of the Jews, yes, but it's not just the Jews. It's everybody. Why? Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Psalm 24, 1, you and I find ourselves living in a planet that everything belongs to him. He's holding all things together by the word of his power and the power of his word. There is nothing on this earth that isn't his. All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was made everything we just read in John 1. So when it says he came to his own, he came to what belonged to him, to what was subject to him. And he subjected himself to what was subject to him. He subjected himself to his own creation. He subjected himself to our moods. He subjected himself to our our opinions. He subjected himself to our cancellation. He came to us and we we canceled our own creator. And so it says he came to his own and his own received him not, but... It says, to as many as received him, to those he gave the right. Oh, so received him. To as many as received him. In other words, like Abraham, like the disciples after the crucifixion. He's not looking to go and, and, and find enemies to beat up on here. He's looking for people who want to spend time with him. To not just hear his voice and not just walk in his power, but want to just engage with him. 
to listen to the mysteries that are on his heart. He wants to unveil to us the, the, the truth that goes beyond the comprehension. That's why he says he's given us the Holy Spirit who will guide us into all truth, the helper, the comforter. And so he says, to as many as received him. Do you want to hang out with him? Do you want to spend time with him? See, that's got to be the heart of a receiver of Jesus. It's not just a ticket out of hell. It's not just fire insurance to say, I'm going to say this prayer and then I go to heaven when I die. There's a lot of people that are more interested in heaven than they are in Jesus. And I would say this, do you want to spend time with Jesus? Well, you don't have to wait until you get to heaven to do that. You can have that right here and right now. That reality of the ability to spend time with the Lord and the heart to do so is what opens us up to the gift of grace and salvation, the fullness of what he has paid for on the cross. It says, to as many as received him. Let's just say it like this. To as many who wanted to be with him. Not wanted anything about him for ourselves. Keep in mind, this, this is the story of people going out and doing all kinds of exploits for Jesus in his name, in his power, and then coming and him saying, listen, depart from me, I don't even know you. The greater, the greater revelation, the greater reality, the greater desire has got to be for us to know him. And that was Paul, right? That I may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. In other words, I don't want anything that he's gone through to be gone through alone. I, I would go with him to the ends of the earth. In other words, it's just about being with him. It's just about Jesus. Okay? So to as many as received him, to as many as want to be with him. Is that you today? Do you want to be with him it says, to as many as received him, to those he gave the right or the power to become the children of God. I'd say it like this. It's an empowered entitlement. It's an entitlement that, that basically gives you and I uh, the one entitlement that we actually should even pursue in this entire life. And that is the entitlement to become children of God. Not the entitlement to walk in the power of God apart from the presence of God. No, the entitlement to simply be called his children. And that's why the Bible speaks so much of sonship, that we've received not the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so the entitlement that we have is really the realization that because of the will of God, he single-handedly has signed the adoption papers in his own blood so that you and I can carry the family name and the identity says, even to those who believed on his name, who trust that his name is now my name and, and, and that his identity is now my inheritance. And so when we get down here to verse 13, it says, who were born not of blood or the will of man and the will of flesh, but of God. Here's another definition for salvation. Salvation is recognizing that your origin is in Christ. To recognize that your origin is in God. And Lord, I thank you for every person listening to this podcast today. May this be a day of transcending uh, even the limits of our own humanity. To see that you have called us to be a people who invade the impossible. Stepping into mystery. 
to see the sick healed, to see the lame walk, to see the dead raised. But God, to recognize that that is all just a byproduct of knowing you, seeking you first above everything else. So Lord, may every person listening to this podcast today, maybe their entire life, they've just said no after no after no to you and walked in the darkness of that rejection. May this be the day when they receive you by simply saying, Jesus, I trust in you and I believe that you are Lord and Savior. My Lord, my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving, for loving, for receiving me. And I receive you just as you have received me. Thanks, Jesus. And may this be a year of unparalleled clarity to see and to behold you as never before. Amen. We want to thank you so much for supporting this broadcast over the years and the support that you give us as, as enabled and empowered us to continue to do what we do and the ministry is growing and expanding at a rapid rate and it's, it's just a lot of fun to watch and the Lord is building it and uh, you guys are helping that to be possible. If you want to write to us the old-fashioned way, you can do so by writing to Box 595, Marshall, Minnesota, 56258, in care of Faith Mountain Ministries. Again, that's Faith Mountain Ministries, Box 595, Marshall, Minnesota, 56258. To support the broadcast financially as quickly as possible, you can go to BillVanderbush.com or VanderbushMinistries.com. Click the Give button, and you'll be able to, to give online that way. Thanks so much for listening. This is Bill Vanderbush. Until next time, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.